0: Hi, I'm Kessia. And I'm Sam. And this is Kind. The teen years can be one of the most stressful times in a person's life. When you think about it, and the psychological, physical, and cognitive changes that happen during adolescence, and the external pressures that are on kids during adolescence related to school, and family, peers, social media, and the greater community, and then add in COVID-19 related stressors, it's no wonder that teens feel overwhelmed. Suicide is the second leading cause of death amongst 15- to 24-year-olds. In fact, teens are admitted to hospital for suicide attempts more than any other age group. Does this surprise you, Sam? Not really, no.
1: That's the, that's the high school age, right? Yeah,
0: that's and like into the, college. And into university. college, yeah,
1: especially. So those are probably the roughest years of someone's life, I would assume,
0: for most people. Well, lots of stress during those years, right? Yeah, very stressful. So when I was looking at statistics, it says that males are at a higher risk for suicide, with male youths dying by suicide two to three times more than females.
1: Doesn't surprise me. Why is that? I think males are more successful when they do it, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, statistics show that uh, non-fatal suicide-related behaviors are more common in females. Um, When males attempt suicide, they're more likely to be successful. Um, Females are also more likely than males to seek out help, too. So when, when boys are feeling down and depressed, they're not likely to reach out and get help or get the help that they need or ask someone for help. So what do these statistics mean? It means that we need to be talking to our children and especially young males. One of the main reasons is, you know it's so important to develop and maintain open lines of communication with teens or through the teen years is because it's so important to recognize the warning signs if they're there. And how are you going to know if there are warning signs if you don't have sort of open lines of communication with your child? Uh, It definitely helps. I mean, there's certain things that you can see, you know, by their behavior and whatnot, but uh, it helps even more if you're able to talk with them and they can tell you how they're feeling. So talking openly and honestly with our teens will help to increase the chance that you'll see possible warning signs and get them the help they need as early as possible. So for this show, we're just going to talk about How you, you get to talk openly or how we can start the lines of communication with our sons in particular. And this, of course, could also go for teenage girls as well. Uh, but I thought we should focus on teenage boys, especially since Sam, you're a teenage boy.
1: I'd, I'd hope so.
0: So maybe you can give us some insight into, you know, how teenage boys think and why is it that during the teenage years, boys don't tend to open up as much as girls do. Do you think that's just a fallout from our society? Just the way we are socially? How we socialize boys versus girls?
1: Partially, probably, of course, but, you know.
0: Like, I'd like to think we'd be getting away from that and that we'd well, raise we our boys well, to... well, we
1: are getting away from it, but, but it's just not going to change drastically, right? It says a lot. By like, just by the facts, what you were saying, boys don't like to open up, whether that's a masculinity thing or they're like, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, like fragile masculinity. They don't want to show that. They want to be strong or whatever. I've never really had an issue with like, obviously, the past couple episodes, I don't have an issue with saying my feelings, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm kind of a bad source. But I do. Under, I am like a teenage boy, and I, everything's emotional at this age, right, bro? Like, I have some days where it's just like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Don't know how I'm gonna continue onward, but I continue onward regardless, right?
0: But have you ever felt that low? Where I guess maybe- personally,
1: I've never felt that low. I've never once felt truly in my life. And I'm like, I I cannot do this anymore. I have to kill myself.
0: Have you ever known anyone that's felt that low? Like, has anyone ever opened up to you and said that they are feeling depressed and don't know what to do?
1: Yeah. A lot of people have. And so
0: then what do you say to them? Depends on the person.
1: It varies from person to person. Most of, like, the common denominator is that you have to be, you have to try, if you, like, I always say, like, I can't. I don't know what you're going through. I can't imagine what it's like to be to do to I don't know. I can't feel what you're feeling. I'm I'm sorry for what's happening. But whatever you're thinking, you're going to do, it isn't going to be worth it. Like this this is not worth killing yourself over. You're ending your life before it even starts.
0: Would you tell them that they should go talk to somebody or do you just kind of talk yeah, to them? Yourself? I tell
1: them if if you if you want to talk to me, I'm here. Like if you if you, ever, if you want, ever want to talk to someone, I'm here. Because you know it's a serious thing. And you mm-hmm. can't just... Like, a lot of people... I'm just going to dive into this topic for a sec. A lot of people, when someone comes to them and they're sad or whatever, they feel the need that... They're like, oh, I'm scared to talk to this person because what if I accidentally push them into committing suicide or something or hurting themselves. And that very rarely happens. And if you do that, you're only... Contributing to that person's feeling of isolation most of the time. Right? Like, you're you're gonna make mistakes and when you say things to people, right? That's common denominator. But dealing with those mistakes and being being able to like just be like, yeah, man, I know life's shitty. Right? This stuff is is rough. Like, if you can empathize with them and just Kind of talk it out like very like one on one and not run away or push push them away or like just it's like it's just super hard to explain in words like I'm kind of, I'm very it's kind of like I'm
0: finding really hard to trouble trouble. No, but you're right because I do think a yeah. lot of people uh, might be afraid of what they're going to hear when someone starts to open up, and especially I think sometimes parents are afraid of what their child might say. And so they don't want to talk about those tough topics, right? But one thing I did read when I was researching this topic was that talking with the person who's feeling in that state and listening to what they have to say doesn't make them more likely that they're going to go through with a plan to kill themselves. So you're absolutely right. By talking with somebody, you're not going to push them that point what they really need is someone to listen to how they're feeling and especially when you're if you're a teenage boy and you don't normally open up once they start opening up you need to kind of run with that and find out you know really what's going on maybe all they need really is someone just to listen to them and understand how they're feeling in that moment like if you're ever talking to someone who's sad you never say just be happy it's not as simple
1: as being happy.
0: No, when someone's feeling that low and that upset that they would think about doing something to themselves, it's not something that they can just control and turn off, and just suddenly be happy. Like,
1: it's just man, boys. I don't know. I've, I've I, know my friends are, and me, at least me personally. I think I've had some very good discussions about suicide with them. Not about anyone in our like group, but like just in general, like how we feel. And it's like if you bottle up, it only gets worse. Almost like I don't think anyone here enjoys faking their personality or trying to be someone cool. No, when whatever. it
0: you bottle it up, it just eats away at you. Yeah. You know, you're not, getting that, you're not smile. getting to the root of what's actually troubling you if you just keep pushing it down and down and down. You need to talk about it. You need to see where these feelings are coming from. But why do you think it's so hard for teenage boys to do that? Like, do you still think that teenage boys like or think that they're seen as weak or? I think it's the same reason why girls do it. They just don't know how to
1: voice their opinion. They don't know. They don't want to, because everyone has the fear of getting rejected or just told, just just do this, you know? I feel like going or seeing a therapist is deemed as like a, like, what's wrong with you type of thing, you know? It's not like, because a lot of people go see therapists, but they never admit to it. They would never be like, yeah, I, oh yeah, it's like, have you ever gone to a therapist? Yeah. Most people would lie. Because I don't want to be, because a therapist is most most often like associated with being crazy, or you know you're like you're very like mentally scared or whatever. So it's the same ties into suicide, right? You don't want to admit you're weak or you're scared. This you want to be, this probably for boys more commonly they want to be strong, they want to look more. You know, like being more masculine. But want to be more attractive. That's fine. Understandable.
0: Yeah, but I really thought that our society was maybe changing all of those stereotypes.
1: No, dude. Look, we're changing. And like the internet is changing rapidly, but the world's still the same.
0: Well, the other thing I was just thinking of is that, I mean, it's some people, some kids may also feel like they don't really have someone they can talk with. So... Let's say they don't have a trusted adult, or maybe their relationship with their parent isn't wonderful at that time. Or maybe they've reached out for help, but someone's kind of shot them down or just, you know, not really listened. or And then they may not also have access to a therapist. So a lot of people can't afford to go see a therapist, or maybe their adult in their household or their parent or guardian or whatever doesn't want them to go see a therapist or won't allow that to happen. There are other places you can access help. So there's online helplines. Canada has an online suicide helpline. So there's also that app that you can download where you can reach out for help confidentially, which I think all of these things are a really great idea. Maybe that will help young men seek help You know, if they don't actually have to go to somebody, but they can access help somehow. For the parents out there, if you want to start trying to communicate or maybe improving the communication with your teen, is that when you start conversations with your teenager, part of the thing that makes it hard is because the best way to communicate is to be non-judgmental and keep an open line of communication. So being non-judgmental means, you know, sitting down with your child and listening to what they have to say without feeling like you have to jump in and give your opinion about what they're saying or try to solve their problems or criticize. And sometimes that can be hard when your teenager's talking about certain subjects. So how do we get good, open lines of communication. One way is to try and set aside a time to talk with your teens. So I don't know about you, Sam, but this podcast has been really good, I feel, for us because we know once a week we're sitting down and we're talking about a subject, which really helps keep open lines of communication. True. You know, I get to hear your opinion and listen to what you're saying. And that's pretty much what it takes, you know, to talk to your teens. But what if your teen's resistant to doing that, sitting down with you? So what are some things a parent could do?
1: Well, at a certain point, you can't help someone unless they want to help themselves. Right. Like from an outside source, you can do as much as you can, as you can, as you can try. But if that person doesn't want help, they don't, they don't. Sometimes nothing is wrong, but if something is wrong and they don't see that something's wrong, nothing's going to get done. And it may take like six months before that person's like, okay, maybe I do need help.
0: That's right. And that's why it's important for people to try, though. So that's why we're talking about this today and with parents trying to, to make those connections with their teens. So when they're ready to talk, or if there's something bothering them, that they're going to talk about it, right? So if a parent goes to a teen and the first time you say, oh, do you want to talk about something? And, you know, their son's really resistant to it, or maybe like, no, no, everything's fine, right? If they don't want to talk at that moment, that's totally fine. But then maybe try another time. Or maybe start up a conversation when, you know, it's a more relaxed environment. Like when you're doing the dishes or... You're out on a drive. For some reason, I find with you boys, driving is a really great time to talk to you. Well, yeah. oh, you've you ever been in a car
1: for more than ten minutes? Right. What are you going to be doing? You're driving, like you ever drive down to like the states or something, and you're like, well, talking. If you're driving anyway, is like ninety percent of the fun, in on a car trip, really. I went to Newfoundland with, with Dad, and I, I learned things I never thought I'd learn because of, of the talks we had in the car. Like, you, you you sit in a car with someone, and you're like, man,
0: this is, this guy's an entirely different person. I'm learning the lore. Yeah, it's true. For some reason, cars just seem to be really conducive to good conversations and opening up. So that's a really good place to start talks about something whatever that happens to be oh
1: man cars cars like there's something something so so calming about being in a car you're sitting in like a car parking lot eating like like dairy queen when it's raining you can hear like the wipers are going like beep 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 yeah it's perfect time to talk and then oh man it's just it's a really nice atmosphere because it's very enclosed Mm -hmm. it's very safe
0: you're right it's safe Safe spot, right? Good place to open up. Yeah. But. So part of it is trying to find a time and a place to start talking with your teens about some of these subjects, which can sometimes be very difficult to talk about. So cars are a really good idea. I like activities, you know, doing something, going out for breakfast, just the two of you, or... Lunch. I also find that really helpful when I, you know, want to talk with one of just you. Just
1: meals in general, to be honest.
0: Meals, yeah, it's a great t- time to start talking. And and if you don't know how to start, it's just starting with something. It can be something mundane. It can be something everyday. It can be something that your child is interested in. It could be, you know, just I mean, starting with how is your day or what's going on or, or maybe even just starting with something that they like, video games or whatever it happens to be, just to get the conversation going. But important to remember that it's an open conversation and non-judgmental. So your job as a parent is mainly to listen and see what they have to say. So Sam, what do you think is a good way to start a conversation with a teen? So if you had a friend and you felt like there was something kind of going on with them, how would you start that conversation?
1: Like from a parent?
0: No, either. Either a parent or as another teen. Well,
1: that's very, again, that's super, that's a very hard question to answer. All right. Going to have to forgive me here. I'm going to try and That's
0: like... okay. Just do your best. I'm just interested to hear <laughs> your perspective and what you would do.
1: Honestly, I tried doing some with them, like online. That always is really easy. You get doing something... Like, try and chill with them for, like, a, maybe an hour or two. Get to know them. See if something's up. If something's up, you, you ask them. Like, okay, Ayo, you good? Sometimes I just ask, like, the boys, like, Ayo, are you good? You feeling all right? It's, a, it's, a, it's weird when you first meet me. But it usually, it, it's ended up working a couple times. But... Like, it's just super hard to approach someone and ask about their mental health. It's hard enough for parents to do it. It's hard enough for friends to do it. But, like, trying to come in from an outside source is really hard.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's part of the thing is we need to make this easier. That's why we, it's so important that we do need to talk about our mental health. And, and people do need to ask about people's mental health so that we can reduce that stigma. There's still, like, it's amazing how much, how far we've come with mental health, and yet there is still such a huge stigma about mental health issues. Even though there's all of this, you know, awareness and, and things, There's you still find people so resistant to say, I have a mental health issue, I'm having anxiety, or I'm feeling really low, or, I'm, I, you know, I feel so low, I really need help. So it's good that you talk to your friends when you can. That's part of it, right, is talking about it and talking about it a lot more openly. Yeah, so it's not good to bottle up your emotions. I mean, this is really the fundamental issue that we're talking about here, is that according to the statistics, young males are still bottling up their feelings and not talking about them, and not reaching out. So if there's any teens listening to this, so important that you talk to somebody. Find someone you trust. It can be a friend. It could be a trusted teacher. It could be your parent. It could be a counselor. It could be someone at school. If you're really struggling, you need to reach out for help. Even if you haven't got to the point where you feel like you're going to harm yourself, if you're feeling that low on a constant basis, and sad, you need to reach out to somebody. If you feel,
1: if you think like I want to hurt myself, you should probably go get help, or talk about it at least. At the very definitely, end, at the very least, go talk. And, about and it. for
0: parents or or anyone who who has someone come to them, if someone comes and tells you they're feeling like this, and especially if they have a plan if, if it's somebody tells you they have a plan of how they're thinking about killing themselves, that person needs help immediately. You need to take them somewhere. You need to call somebody to find out how to deal with this. If someone tells you they have a plan that is telling you, this is urgent. Something needs to be done. This person needs help and it needs to be taken seriously. So what are some of the warning signs that we can listen or look for uh, when you're t- either talking to your child or observing their behavior around the house? Sam, what do you think?
1: Big one is like retreating from everybody, you know, isolating themselves, staying in the room all the time, not talking, not going out with friends. That could just be, of course, you know, they just aren't feeling it that day or whatever, but when it becomes progressive for like a, like maybe a month or two maybe even 3 weeks or something.
0: Yeah, well if they're just it's a change in yeah. behavior, right? And it it's prolonged. So, a good idea to talk to them even if it's just a day or two and they're they're feeling kind of low. You could go and talk to them. Substance use is one I thought of and then Yeah. So, drug use. Recreational drug use maybe. Yeah, alcohol, inhalants. You know, if you find that your your child or your friend is starting to use more of those things, that's a big warning sign. Thinking or talking about suicide.
1: Yeah. Thinking about thinking about it or, like, mentioning it briefly in the conversation, too. Sometimes people just, like, slip it under the, the rug. Mm-hmm. Not a... You should
0: probably ask, like, are you good? So if your child or your friend or, or sibling or whoever starts t- talking, like... You know, and things just will never get better and they, they just seem hopeless. Uh, that's a good time to start the conversation and ask them what's going on. Other warning signs that I found are feeling trapped in a situation and feeling like you can't get out of it or they can't get out of it. And feeling like they have no purpose or reason for living. So, so talking about just feeling like there's there's nothing to look forward to, no reason to go on. And then one was talking about being a burden so, oftentimes people will mention that they're a burden to their family or to the parents.
1: Like like a burden that they just, they're weighing the, the other person down?
0: Yeah. Or, you know, they shouldn't be looking after them or oh, yeah. that kind of thing. True. And then the last one is mood disorders. So, if somebody is having a lot of anxiety or significant mood changes like sadness, anger, So anger can sometimes mean, you might not think of anger as going along with feeling down or sad. Your emotions are out of whack. You don't really know what's going on. Yeah. So those are are some of the warning signs to look out for. If you're talking to your teen or if you're talking to somebody else and you really feel that they're at a risk for attempting suicide, uh, you need to call somebody. So in Canada, there's Crisis Services Canada. Uh, There's a helpline, Suicide Prevention Services. Um, And I'm going to put the number on our website, but it's it's 1-833-456-4566. So you can call that day or night. There's also the Kids Help Phone. Uh, which I'll also put on our website, which is 1-800-688-6868, which is toll-free. And then there's an app called Always There. So teens, if you're struggling, I would download this onto your phone and have it. You can use it anytime to contact someone uh, to talk to if you need help. Please, if you're feeling down and low, reach out to somebody People care more than you might think they do. Uh, People care and they want to help. Parents, time to reach out to your teens, especially your teen sons. If you don't have a really close, good, open relationship with them, please try to establish one. So important to know what's going on with them so that you can see signs of anything uh, that that puts their life at risk.
1: Bottom line, if you feel like you... If you feel like you're going to hurt yourself, please ask for help.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I will put all the mental health resources that I talked about on our website. For reference, our website is www.kind.ca. And please leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Kind7, or on Instagram, at kind And we hope you will join us again for our next show. New episodes air every Monday.